Welcome to another episode of Eat Shit and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and sometimes food. I'm Jared, and John D's here too, with me as always. What are we talking about in this episode, John D? Uh, yeah, read the thing that I wrote. <laughs> random games we've played recently. Uh-huh. Keep going. Oh, we didn't have a theme to tie this episode together, but we've played a bunch of random games, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what you wrote. It is what I wrote. Uh, yes, it is what I wrote, because we didn't want to do another, like, here's our top 13 Games blah, blah, about blah, blah, yeah blah. yeah well and we've been playing a lot, like we've been playing a lot of games lately I mean we play a lot of games anyway so we thought it might be fun from time to time just to talk about the games we've been playing especially you know we buy a lot of games and we you know we just want to be able to talk about the games we play so we're gonna do that from time to time so endure it or don't you know we're not your parents yeah I'm not a doctor I can't tell you what to do <laughs> um. A lot of these episodes we've already talked about before, so... You mean a lot of these games. <laughs> what did I say? You said a lot of these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> you know what? I made a mistake. We're sticking to it. Uh, we've talked about a lot of these episodes in previous games. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, but yeah, uh, yes, I did mean games. We have talked about many of these games previously, so you know, y- you might know how we feel about... Bob Ross Happy Little Accidents. Well, we have not talked about that one. That's we just, have I not talked about that one before. Um, we have talked about the networks, and I we can't have. talk about how much. I can't talk about how much. I can't stress. Yes, that how one. much. It's a really good game. Hey, you know what? I think I got a tracking number the other day for my expansion that shipped. Oh, I picked up mine at Gen Con because I did not. he did uh, Kickstarter pickups. I was super busy at Gen Con. That's so. true. Well. Okay, how, how uh, I, I just want to talk about this for a second. If we did an episode that was like, let's talk about our favorite whatever games. What would you even call the networks? Like, oh, I, I know God. what its classifications are. I'm Board Game Geek because I've looked at that. But like, how would you describe that game to someone? Like, say, on a podcast, how would you describe that? Man, I don't even. I can't even really I would describe call it, the mechanics. Uh, there's, there's drafting. Is there sort of? Sort of. I mean, y- you can pull it off the resource management, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You're making a face. I I don't know. It's just a fun game. <laughs> well, okay. So the networks is a card set collection, card drafting game. Which is the the themes is card drafting and set collection. I don't really consider it a set collection. Well, it is because when you get those bonuses, if you have three of a kind in your archives or five of a kind in your archives, that is technically I set collection. Just technically. Well, it's a card game where you are in charge of a crappy little TV station, like uh, like a network, like a local TV station. I would yeah, I wouldn't even call it a network station at the beginning of the game. Yeah, it's more like a You're cable a local access affiliate. Cable access station. And yeah, it's a set collection and drafting where you want to get the best TV shows that make you the most money to get the most viewers. You have to uh, attach advertisements, you have to attach stars. 
there's some like power play and network there's certain cards shows that, you can that are do. so ridiculous oh, that everybody gosh. wants like doctor what like uh the, the one where it's just like old people yelling at each other oh i love that show or like red gingers and bikinis I'm a big fan of that one. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just some really, really silly shows. Like, it's it's just a lot of fun. Uh, and the art is just, like, kind of avant-garde, like, yeah. weird. It, it's just a fun show. Or a fun fun. Game. It's just a fun show. And fun it's show. one of my favorite episodes. It's, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, I recently played this with a person who uh, had also worked at a TV station and he was like, oh, my God, this this is you are correct. I do, in fact, want to play this game because we, we're trying to find stuff to play. Um, it was with Tony, you know, Tony. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he, he was he was here playing games and I was like, man, you know, I don't get to play board games with you very often anymore. So let's let's play something that I know you're going to enjoy. We're going to play the networks because it's about crappy TV stations and you've worked in TV. You've worked in radio. You know what's going on here with, you know, um, that kind of thing. I, I'm trying to not say anything bad about local It's just stations. He's, he's worked in TV and he knows what it's like to yes. to deal with that. I've talked about this before. If you work in radio or television, it sucks. Like, yeah, you're doing... there's not the glamour that you no. think there oh, might no. be. No, 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 no. Like, yeah, OK, you're producing the news. Great. That's an important service, but it's not fun. In, <laughs> it's there's not. like no fun in games. It's, it's yeah. just. But yeah, so we played this game and he was like, this is this so, is great. Yeah. And I have to keep telling people. This game is so good. Every single part of gaming group owns a copy of this game. Seriously, we don't like, need to. No, no. Why yeah. do you have do you have a, you have a copy of this? Right? I do. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Who are you going to play it with? Me? Um, John has a copy of it. Yeah. Who are you going to play it with? John? <laughs> and you know what? I don't know. I bet Larry and Megan have it. Probably. Too. Hi. What are you doing? Hi. What are you doing on the floor? You're out of your chair. Sorry. I was talking to a cat. Yeah, so... Um, Not to cat, but to a cat. But, you know, you can play it two-player. You can. You so can. my husband and I could play it. Yeah. It's more fun, I think, when you get to at least three players. I think it's best at four. Um, yeah, I don't know what really Board Game is. Geek says. Uh, let's look it up. Because I, I, haven't, I haven't actually looked at that part. I've looked at what mechanics it uses, which is, uh, I, I guess, important to know if you're talking about a game. But I didn't look at player count. Um, I want to say it's two to five yeah, because yeah, there's five, um, five different networks. Although with one of the expansions, you get more, um, but there's still only five colors that you can play as. So you can be like, oh, the MTV ripoff or like the VH1 ripoff. They are the same right, thing, right. but like the logo's different. So that's cool. And there's a there's an expansion called the Executives that is the one that's shipping to you. That adds some like variable player powers. So like, oh. Uh, you, you, the guy that you're playing as gets double money. I mean, that's not one of them that I can think of, but as an example, so that's pretty cool too. It'll, um, you know, mix it up. Excuse me. We're recording here. Can you, oh, okay. Did you find some catnip? Is that what happened? Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Uh, but I think my favorite thing about the networks is definitely the, the cards, the shows themselves. Oh, yeah, that's Because they're fun. just ridiculous. They, they are. Like, and, you can oh, look at them and And the tell. commercials. <sighs> oh, my God. The commercials are so funny. Like, and trying to match them up with the different, 
with the different shows because there are certain types of commercials that make more money if you match them with the right yeah, shows and the right with time the right slots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the one that's like the retired sports guy as one of the stars. Oh, as gets, one of the stars, like you don't yeah. want to put the retired sports you, you guy with him, sci-fi. Right, you got to put him with like a sports show or yeah. like something. Like you can't be like, okay, you're the game show host now. Like, okay, sure. I mean, you can you force can. him to, but he's not going to do real well. But like, you'll get more views. Right. And it's the same thing with commercials. Like the commercials aren't going to perform as well with viewers of like a sci-fi show. Right, right. Because sci-fi viewers aren't going to going to respond to like a sports commercial. The commercial for that, um, it's like an SUV that's like 20 foot tall Hummer. (laughs) I don't remember exactly what it is, but um, if you pair it with. You know, like if you pair it with a comedy show, it's like, OK, who are you advertising to? So yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the mechanics of the game make sense. Yeah, it's it's really a well-designed game and there's comedy in it. So everybody's like having a really good time, like reading the cards. Yeah. And, you know, so on top of being a really well-designed game, the cards and the comedy with it is, are just a lot of fun. So it's not a game that you want to replay like, you know, every week or anything. It's one where if you haven't played it for a while, you get it back out and then then you just laugh and have a good time again. So there is a lot of replayability in the game because you just laugh and you have a good time along with the solid design of the game. Yep. Uh, So if you've never played the networks, I recommend that you do. Definitely. I don't don't know if you can find it on Tabletop Simulator, but um, and, you know, I'm not I'm not advocating board game piracy. But I think that Tabletop Simulator is a good way to look at how a game works before you buy it. But uh, as I was saying, I'm not sure if it's available on there. If it is, you should like look at it. Um, what is happening? Is that is that like a child screaming outside? Um, if it's not available on Tabletop Simulator, just watch some YouTube videos. I don't know. I'm not, I, um, the networks is on Tabletopia. Oh, okay, it's on Tabletopia, which is Tabletopia. Tabletopia is also a a good service. So um, I recommend checking it out. Azul? Mm-hmm. Um, I bought it at Origins, having never played it, because I had heard so many good things no, about it. No, didn't you play it? You, yeah, you played it with us at Geekway, didn't you? Nope. Oh, no, you were at the booth. Yeah, I was working, so I hadn't played it. But I'd heard so many good things about it yeah. that I bought it at Origins, Gosh. having never played it. Um, so Yeah, I, so I played it for the first time at Geekway to the West, which, by the way, all right, I'm going to do some advertising for them. Um, Chris Darden does not listen to podcasts. He'll never know. No, 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 no. Johnny, stop shaking your head. Look, Geekway to the West. It's in St. Louis, Missouri. It's not in St. Louis, but it's in St. Louis is one of the best board gaming conventions that you can go to. It is three days or four days. However long you stay, you sit in a hotel room in the ballroom and you just play games. That's it. That's all there is to it. Why you, why'd you roll your eyes, Johnny? You, because we don't need to uh, keep plugging one convention. No, I, uh, fine. Go to Origins. Go to Gen Con. I didn't I don't say care. that it's not Go awesome. to Essen. But here's what I want. I want people to come to Geekway. I want you to come there and play games with us. I already got my patron ticket ordered. So come play games with us at Geekway to the West. Okay, thanks. Okay. Yes. Azul. That's fair. <laughs> All right, so Azul, I finally got to play it yeah. um, a few weeks ago. I think it was this last weekend. Yeah, last weekend. I don't weekend before last. Anyway, I got to play it recently. Um, and normally, 
games that are kind of a little bit mathy, I am not good at. Okay, that's true. Um, so this one, at <laughs> first, I was like, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to be good at this because I'm going to have to figure out the math, the scoring of it at the end of each round. Um, and the first round, I couldn't, I, I had to be taught again, like, how the scoring was going to work. So the first round, was your score still, like, minus two? No, no, my usually, score was really good at the very, at the, uh, from the very beginning. Usually, like, the first two rounds for oh, no. me. I, my score. I strategically keep myself at low point so that I can No, my score rocked ahead. from the beginning because I wanted my my dominoes to be close together from the beginning. They're not dominoes. Whatever they are. They look like dominoes. Oh no, they're tiles. Tiles. They're not dominoes. They're tiles. Anyway, I wanted my tiles to be close together from the beginning. Um, and I remember, so when we were first getting ready to play, I think it was my husband that was like, why why does the score thing go all the way up to 100? I don't feel like we're going to get to 100. Um, my score was 95. Yeah, you can get up there. Um, at the end of the game, my score, the, the lowest score um, was 30, and my score was 95. So I rocked that game. I was super excited. So I liked it a lot. Um, you know, and I, I won't do that well every time we play, obviously. Right, right. Um, it's like the first time I played Hanabi, we got 23 or 24 points, which is almost a perfect score. And then every other time I've played Hanabi, it's been like 17 <laughs> points. Right, right. So, I mean, clearly I won't do that well every single time, but I did really like the game. It's just a lot of fun, and I I wasn't sure that I was going to like it because there is a lot of adding involved. Right. Well, it's clicked. not so much adding it as it is. It's figuring out your score. Yeah, You're like, okay. a lot of counting, yeah. It's like this row is going to be this much and this right. row is going to be this much. But as soon as I figured out how to do it, I, I understood. And I just clicked on how to play the game and I really enjoyed it. I've got the um, the giant-sized pre-ordered. Neat. Because I could not miss that. Right, right. So for people that haven't played Azul... It is a pattern like tile mm, yeah. game. There's there's these they're pattern building like, set collection. Yeah. So they're like these little are they ceramic tiles? Uh, they're not ceramic. But they're, they feel they're really well made. I guess they're plastic. They are. Yeah. They're really heavy plastic. It's like the same kind of plastic as the tiles in Hive. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't remember the name of something with a B. Yeah. So you but put all the tiles in a bag, and you draw the tiles out and you put them. They're basically like you put them in a yeah, circle. Yeah, you put them in the, f- the quote, I'm uh, making air in quotes, the, the factory. factory. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, basically. And then you sort of do drafting after that. Uh, yeah, you know. basically it's drafting. You have to take all of the all of the color that you want right. on your turn. So if there's, let's say one of the factories has two blues, a red and the yellow, and you want the yellow off of there, you only take the yellow and then you dump the rest in the middle. Right. But the, the catch is you're you have on your player board. You have rows, and rows have, like, one one tile, two tiles, three tiles, four tiles, and five tiles. And you have to fill those rows before you can move them over into the area that actually scores. Mm-hmm. And you only move one over. The rest of them will go away. Well, you have to wait until you've... If, when and you complete yeah, that row. Yeah, you have to complete yeah. the row before you move them over. And anything... When you fill that row... And anything that goes over filling the row goes down into a row that is negative score. So when you're taking those, yeah. So when you're taking those tiles from the factory, you might really need that color to fill your row, and it might be too many. 
to fill your row. Well, and taking the first player marker also gets you minus two points. Yes, yes. So it's all about, you know, figuring out if it's worth it to take the color that you really need in order to get the score, or if you want to skip that but then not be able to fill your row. So, yeah, it's a really, really cool game, and it's really pretty. So Yeah. Definitely, uh, I would I would highly recommend Azul if you have not played it yet. Now, I wouldn't say that it's... I, I really like Azul enough that I bought, like, the fancy, um, moderately expensive collector's <laughs> version. Right. So, what I'm about to say here doesn't make a lot, a lot of sense. It's not my favorite set collection tile laying game, but... I think that for the ease of teaching the game, for how simple it is to explain the rules to someone and just play, I think it's fantastic. I think it's a fantastic game, and what I like about it is that it's pretty, and you can play it in 30 minutes. Yeah. So it's not a really long game, and if you are playing, you know, we played it with four people, and it played in 30 minutes. Yeah, it, it goes pretty quick once you actually get started. Right. I mean, we were learning it for the first time, and we still played it in 30 minutes. So I would say you, you don't find a lot of games for four people that you can play in 30 minutes. So, um, yeah, it's a great filler game that mm-hmm. is not just some quick, silly, like, party-type filler game. So, yeah. Azul. Um, I, I believe, and this is, you know, has caused some controversy, but I believe the rules for the, the new... It's not an expansion, but the um, it's like a different theme of Azul. I believe those rules just went up recently. The stained glass. The stained glass Azul. Of Sintra, I believe it's Sintra, Sintra whatever, whatever it's pronounced. But th- that's caused some controversy because Sagrada is a game about stained glass windows. And then another game about stained glass windows was announced. And some, I don't want to say... Some people are like mad about that because that's not what's happened. But some people are just like, why do we need another game about stained glass windows so soon? I think the controversy is the fact that Azul and Sagrada have been compared a lot anyway. And so the fact that Azul um, has kind of capitalized on that, that's where I think the controversy was. See, for me, I, I, I don't see what the problem is. I think... Azul has its place. Sagrada has its place. Absolutely. Like, I, I would agree. I think Sagrada is much more strategic yes. and thinky because you have to you have to build the patterns with the dice. You can't just pick tiles that are colors that you need. You have to think about right. the numbers. You right. have to think about the placement. So for me, it doesn't draw a direct comparison. Like, okay, they're both about, a th- I don't know, one you make stained glass windows, one you decorate a wall. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, I think that's where the controversy was, is that the two games were compared a lot. And then one, you know, Azul just kind of was capitalizing on that. I I think they were just saying that that Azul was capitalizing on that comparison. Um, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with that. I'm just saying I think that's where the controversy was. And that's fine. I just... And I'm not trying to, you know, be like, well, you're not allowed to get upset about it because, of course, you are. You know, I, I'm I can't tell you like whatever. It doesn't affect my life if you do or do not buy the new version of Azul. Who cares? 
Right. I don't feel like I need another version of Azul. So I'm happy with the version I have. Unless the, unless the new version is greatly different, I don't need two versions of it. I think it's going to be different enough that it will be a different game, but similar enough that if you don't have a, 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 a collection problem like I do, <laughs> I treat my life like it's a set collection game. So, um, but yeah, I think it's different enough that it might warrant a purchase, but similar enough that if you are on a, um, a smaller board game budget than some people are, uh, and I'm not just talking about me. I know lots of people that buy probably more games than they'll ever have time to play. Um, but if you're a normal person, maybe you don't need it. I mean, it is very, very similar. Um, I I looked at the PDF. Uh, it was posted on Reddit mm, a couple days ago. Maybe yesterday. I don't remember exactly when. It looks fun. Um, but I think that it would... I, I think it'd be one of those games where I'd want to see it played in person before I made a decision about whether I need it. Versus, like, if you announced that there's uh, a new version of Sagrada... That is um, exactly the same as Sagrada, except that instead of making stained glass windows, now you're making a wall. Right. right. Like, uh, why? That's clearly (laughs) that's clearly someone goes, huh, you know, they they rethemed their game to be about stained glass windows. Maybe we should retheme ours to be about building a wall. Like, well, that doesn't make sense. what, What is that supposed to be? So, I don't know. But, um, yeah, Azul is a really good game, and I think that if you're on the fence about it and maybe want a cool acrylic game instead, well, you know, wait for the the new one. I think it'll be coming out at Essen, which is pretty soon. So, there you go. Now you want to talk about Everdell? Let's talk about Everdell. Oh, Everdell is such a beautiful game. It has really cute art. And it's it's one of those ones that's uh, deceptively cute because it's really, really cute, but it's not some like really easy game that you're just going to play and be like, oh, I played it in 10 minutes and I'm all done. I, I guess you could play it in 10 minutes if you really rushed through. I can't imagine that you would get done. Well, and, well, done so if you're playing minutes. a two-player game, the way the game works is theoretically you so don't have to. So it's a worker placement. Yes, it's a worker placement game. Um, you have to get through tableau four, building four seasons. Yeah, Is it four seasons. Well, so you, you know, like every worker placement game, you have resources that you obtain to trade in to get other stuff. But the big selling point for Everdell is like, if I run out of things to do, I can just retire for the season. I don't have to sit around and wait for you guys and be like, okay, well, I'm done. So. I guess I'm going to sit here while I can't do anything. Like, theoretically, if you were just really, really pushing through, you could finish in 10 minutes. It wouldn't be fun. At all. Yeah. <laughs> but you could. Yeah, that's true. You, Yeah, I mean, you could. Um, do you have the retail version or do you have the fancy version with the... I, unfortunately, don't have the version of any... Kind. Oh, oh, who's copy? You played someone it. else's copy? Yes, mm. I played our friend Larry's oh, copy, mm-hmm. and he has. I, I, Larry had to have gotten the fancy version. Pretty sure I he has. Can't imagine. Larry he has the have. fancy versions of everything. Yeah, Larry has the same problem that I do. He likes Kickstarters yeah. a lot. 
I mean, he doesn't back as many as you do, but when he when there's a game he likes, he's going to get it on Kickstarter. Oh, yeah, and he'll get the fancy version, so. Yeah, he gets the fancy versions. So, yeah, we played it at Larry's house, and um, I had mentioned that I wanted to play it, and he's like, oh, let's go ahead and play my version. Yeah. So, um, and he was talking about how he had just fin- he had just backed the expansion for it. Yes, I did that as well. So. Yeah, we're getting that. Um, you can um, play as axolotls. Yeah, I was super sad <laughs> that literally it had just ended because I was like, oh, I really want this game. And he's like, well, you can back the expansion yeah, and get it. And, get and I was like, game. Mm-hmm. it had literally just ended. So I missed out on well, it. Well, John, dude, we can talk about it later. You know, when they uh, I don't know if there's actually going to be a pledge manager, but if yeah. there's a pledge manager. If there's a pledge a manager, copy. let's get me a copy because I super bad want it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, now that I've played it, I'm it's I really regret that I missed out on it. So, um it has this beautiful three-dimensional tree. Mm, I don't know if I'd call it beautiful. I would call it gimmicky. I love it. Um, it Maybe it is a little bit gimmicky, but I really, really like it. I think it's cool. I mean, um, it's... Okay, it's so not necessarily needed for the it's game. It's not at all. But it's really cool. So here's the deal. Um, it comes with this 3D flimsy cardboard tree that you put together. You put it's the cards really in it. It's not really flimsy. Um, it's the draw pile. It also holds your excess workers for later in the game when you get them. Um, it holds a couple of cards on top that are like community goals for you to get. And then it has a little cheat sheet at the very top that reminds you like, hey, don't forget whenever you go from spring to summer to trigger this. They could have done that differently. I really liked it. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that if you play the game super often, that tree's going to break. So apparently some people had complained that they had some problems with their tree. Mm-hmm. And in the new. Yes, the new printing is thicker cardboard. And you can as a add on, if you're just getting the expansion, you can order a replacement tree. Yeah. For yeah, like ten dollars. Yeah. But like, I shouldn't have to buy another tree. Right. Right. Um, I think the tree is really cool. I think it's a cute idea. It's partially what got the game on my radar. Like, I might not have noticed the game, because I follow a lot of people. I follow the hashtag board games on Instagram. That's got to be hard. That's got to be a full-time job. Well, I mean, it's not like I constantly look. It's just, you know, when I get on Instagram, I... I Oh, sure, sure. So I would not have... I might not have noticed Everdell had it not been for that tree. Well, we found it. Um, I'd seen it on Kickstarter and just kind of said, eh, I don't know if I need another worker placement game. That's cute, but eh. Uh, and then just forgot about it. And we were at Gen Con and they had a few of the limited edition ones left over, just excess stock that they were trying to get rid of that still came with all the Kickstarter stuff. So like we looked at it, um, we demoed it and Kat was like, OK, I don't buy very many expensive board games, but I'm buying this one. And I was like, OK, that's fine. This game's real cute. We'll play it a lot. So technically it's her copy, but you know. I really, really like it. I really like the meeples. You know I'm a sucker for cute uh-huh. meeples. And the meeples. The hedgehogs, you know. Oh my the, god. The hedgehogs. The hedgehogs and the what all are they? There's hedgehogs. There's a hedgehog. And there's a thing that I can't identify that I think is supposed to be a rabbit. And there's like um, squirrels. Yeah. Uh, I mean there's rats that come with like a there's a mini expansion that comes with these little rats. I mean, the game is just super adorable. The expansion has axolotls. And like platypuses, is platypusai, platypies. And the the replayability in the game is great because you're gonna get different cards that come out every yeah. time. So 
you know, you're not going to have you're not going to have the same like worker placement. There's there's special worker placement cards every time. It's like it's very similar to Lords of Waterdeep. If you've played Lords of Waterdeep, you know, not every game you play is going to have the exact same buildings because it's got variable setup. This has the same thing, which makes it makes the replayability um, much higher. Yes. Um, so I really I really enjoy that about the game. Um, and there is going to be a um, pledge manager. Yeah. So you're building your own village. And yeah, I, I just really enjoyed the game and the art is really pretty. So it's real cute. It's real cute. And, and yeah. there's a there's a really interesting mechanic um, that I haven't seen in any other games that I can think of. So you're building a town. You have 15 like slots mm-hmm. to build your town. Um, if you have a farm already built in your town, you can use a little occupied token to get the farmer for free instead of yes, buying him. I thought that was really because cool. it's like, well, I already have the farm. So it makes sense that I have a farmer. So for quote unquote for free, you can spend a token to get a free dude to live in one of your houses. I think that's pretty interesting mechanic. Like, OK, I can pay him two berries or whatever his cost is, or I can use my once per game thing here on the farm to get him for free. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. I also think it's really cool that there are certain buildings that you have in your town that other oh, yeah. players can. Yes, that you can play it, off of that the other players yeah. can use as like the, a worker placement the spot. Inn. If you have an yeah. inn, it, it has a little like open sign. Mm-hmm. You can be like, OK, well, that makes sense. If my guy's traveling, I can play on your inn. Yeah. So and there's several cards that other players can be like, well, I'm going to use that spot in their town. And it's 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 a functional like yeah. has has abilities. It's a worker. It's a worker placement spot. Yeah, Waterdeep had that towns. too. Like if I built something in Waterdeep and then you you could play on that tile. Yeah, I would get money for it because you're like you're visiting my tavern. So, OK, you went to my tavern to get a, like a fighter or whatever. You got to give me a gold. Mm hmm. So this game has that, too. Um, it, it very much, I think, would replace Lords of Waterdeep in, in a lot of collections, unless you're super into the D&D theme of Waterdeep, which, I mean, I am. Johnny's not. nodding. <laughs> I'm not. So I like the animal, the cute yeah. animal theme oh, yeah. much better. It's it's super cute. And the art is super, super cute. Yeah. So Everdell, if you um, can get a hold of it. Yes. And um, as I was as I was saying just a, a minute ago, there is a pledge manager. If you go to the Kickstarter page for the um, Pearl Brook expansion, you can um, like sign up to have an email sent to you when the pledge manager goes live and you can get in. So, John D, there you go. Nice. Because I super bad want it. Yeah. Sweet. So, um, Topiary? Topiary? You want to talk about Topiary? Yeah, let's talk about Topiary. Um, This is another one that I bought without having played it because Jared and Kat told me Mm -hmm. that they thought I would love it. But I also played this at Geekway. You did. And you guys came over to my table and said, you guys, Johnny, you have to play this game because you'll love it. Yeah. So um, I believe it was at, this was another one I think at Origins that I bought. I think it was at Origins that I, I think, I think I bought it there saying, because you guys told me I would like it. Yeah. And uh, I played it recently mm-hmm. with uh, Megan and Larry and Jeremy. And we started to play it incorrectly at first. How? So. Like with the placement rules of the people? Yes. Yeah, that because the 
Okay, I guess we should explain it. Um, so there's a five by five grid. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't call it tile placement so much as it's like they're hidden. So it's sort of like memory, but it's not memory. Uh, anyway, you've got a grid of things. You don't know what they are. You put a dude down and then you get to look at a tile that's in you, the row. Yeah, you, like pull, the, you flip the, it over. That that guy can quote unquote that he can see. Um, but the rule book page that explains how to put the dudes down is awful. It's just well, a, a paragraph that explains it and then a picture that is not helpful. Actually, the picture is a lot more helpful than you think. I mean, I, I we figured it out after we looked at it for like We made the mistake of watching the Game Boy Geek. Uh-huh. He explains it incorrectly. Ah. So then we went back to the rules and looked at the picture more and read the rules and figured out that he was incorrect because... The way that he explained it was that two people could be on either side of the same row no, looking at each other. That's incorrect. And that was incorrect. Yes. So when we looked at the rules and the rules were like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. We we're like, hmm. So we figured out that the Game Boy, usually he's really, really good about explaining games. So we we were playing incorrectly at first because we had people across from each other. Um, so we played about three rounds incorrectly, and then we were like, eh, this doesn't feel right. So we went back and we looked at the rules again, and we figured out that that was incorrect, and then we went back and played the right way. And uh, we really liked the game once we figured out how to play it. And again, it's a game that plays in about 20 minutes, even with four players. So basically, you're just... Um, the idea behind the game or the theme of the game is just a topiary garden. Yeah, you just you've gone to a garden and you're looking at um, topiary topiaries, which is uh, a tree sculpture. Trees, and so they're, and they're really cute. There's like <laughs> there's a dinosaur. There's that's a, my favorite one. That's my favorite one. The dinosaur, and there's like just you know your typical ones that look like there's the pyramids and cones there's a, and there's a, a, a cube. Yeah, but my favorite one is the dinosaur. Oh yeah, the dinosaur is the best one. Yeah, and they're and they're different heights. So yeah, and you get points for the more that you can see. So if you're standing in front of the, like the level five, like the biggest you one, you can't see through one. it. So you would rather have a one and then a two and then a three and then yeah. a four and then a five because if you have like a four and then a two, you can't, you can't see, see the, the two. two behind the four. Yeah, which is not how you get points. Right. So, um, and you and you have to place your guys in such a way that they aren't standing straight across from another guy. So. The more you play, the harder it, the placement gets because of where other people are looking. Yeah. So it's a pretty quick game, and it's really fun. Now, I want to talk about a game that you're going to roll your eyes at real hard. When in Rome, it uses Amazon smart speaker, whose name I'm not going to say, because she'll turn on and start talking to us. Alexa? No, don't do that. You don't, don't have Alexa in here. You don't have do that. Echo. Yeah, don't do that. No, don't do that. Okay, Echo. No. Cancel. <laughs> Echo, cancel. <laughs> uh, you use you use your Amazon smart speaker to play this game. So you say, uh, play when in Rome. And it'll be like, okay, playing when in Rome. Um, and, and if if you're a little hesitant to want to do that, I understand. It's the exact same thing as playing those app-enabled games. I understand your hesitation with playing them. However, I think we live in a time where there's enough of those integrations around. They may not be around in five years. I understand. But they're around right now. So 
this isn't one of those games where you're going to want to play it a whole lot. Like uh, if you play this game, maybe five, ten times, you're probably never going to want to play it again. So I wouldn't worry about it not being available five years from now when Amazon goes out of business. That won't happen. Essentially, it's a trivia game. You move around the board. You say, let's fly to New York. You put your little guy in New York. You are asked a trivia question. You put a marker there. If you get the question right, that allows you like free travel through there. So instead of it taking like three turns to go through, it takes you two turns or whatever. It's a gimmicky game. Yes, but it's still a lot of fun. Um, the selling point for it, other than the fact that it uses a smart speaker, is that they farmed out the questions to locals. So if you land in Moscow and want to ask a question about Moscow, I'm sorry, answer a question about Moscow a Russian native that lives in Moscow asks you a question. So it's not just like some people sat in a room, typed up a bunch of things on a card and then um, didn't pair the answer to the question correctly. I'm looking at you, Trivial Pursuit. Has that ever happened to you? Really? Um, yes, I have the Power Rangers version of Trivial Pursuit. And I think we've talked about this before. Oh, maybe. Where it got the original Blue Rangers name wrong. Oh, I think, The answer yeah. is Billy Cranston and it didn't have that as one of the options. I'm pretty sure we... I'm not going to go in this rant again, but I'm pretty sure I've ranted about this before. I think you have. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a gimmick. And I honestly would say don't buy this game. Um, I did because they had it at Gen Con. They had a booth there. And I was super excited about it. We've played it a few times. It is what it is. It's not going to be. We'll it's have, never going to be on my 10 by 10 or anything we'll like that. We'll have a full episode at some point about app Oh, yeah. Driven oh, games. yeah. Yeah. We've just got to convince Johnny to play them. <laughs> well, no, I've bought a few lately in preparation of that. So. OK. Well, look forward to that. Uh, One of them's a space game because we know how much I like space games. First Martians. No, you bought First Martians. <laughs> I did. Now, I think. Uh, was it a Gray Fox? I think it's a Gray Fox game. I can't remember mm, what it's called. London Dread in space. Yes, it's London Dread in space. <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously. <laughs> Would you play that? I think it's called First Alert or Space Space Alert. Space, space Alert. Alert. Oh, are yes. they publishing that? I think so. Because that was CGE. Maybe, yeah, no, yeah, it's CGE. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yes. That's an older game, Johnny. That's it uses an app now, but back in my day, it came with an audio CD. Well, now it has an app. That's cool. Now it's app driven. That's cool. So you're gonna hate that game. I know you because it's real time. Yes. So it's you real time and it's after stressed out. I know. You're going to get so stressed out. That's one yeah. of those games where you're not going to win. Like you you need to know ahead of time. You need to go Great. So lose. so Chet Games just makes a bunch of games that are going to stress me yes. out. Yes. Awesome. Yes, but it, it's in the same universe as Galaxy Trucker. It's set Great. in the same Great. like in game universe. Great. Okay, so, cool. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Yeah. Um, what is so, this? So, what, multi-universum? Yeah, what's that? So, it is a Gray Fox Games game. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah. So, multi-universum is a card game. And I'm going to pull it up. Okay. So I have it exactly right. Did you, what are you doing? Did you, you must have found some catnip. She's running around. She's freaking out. Uh... Oh, this is an older game. Okay. Yes, it's an older game that got republished um, by Gray Fox Games. Okay. And I got it at Gen Con. 
Oh, you know what? I did see this there. It's in a like not small box, but like maybe this big. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, the size of. Um, oh gosh, what's a good thing to compare it to? Um, like half half of a Codenames box. Yeah, that's about right. So it's a card game. It's really cool. So you're playing like as as a scientist, and you are you're basically working in a secret lab at CERN, and oh, that's bad. Yeah. 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 Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're experimenting with teletra- teletransportation? Yeah, I'm out, John D. <laughs> I'm out. Why? Okay, I've played Half-Life. I know how this ends. <laughs> well, I can tell you that there's an expansion that's Cthulhu. But yeah, I, I see that. I've played this game. It was called Half-Life. Uh-uh. You play as Gordon Freeman, the only man in the world that owns a crowbar. Anyway, let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> Basically, so you're experimenting with teletransportation, um, but then your team um, accidentally opens a bunch of portals to to the Zen universe. I've played this game. To other dimensions. And you now have to try to close those portals. Is the G Man expansion, is that included in the new printing? Oh my God. No. So you. Whoa. You have to try to close different portals. Okay. So there are several portals that you have to close, and you just you have to have the right cards in order to move. You have to have the right the right combination of cards to move and close the portals. Okay. And it's it's a it's a pretty easy game to figure out how to play, um, but it can be challenging to have the right cards in order to do the right things on the right portals. Okay. So. It's a really fun game. It's I wouldn't no. say that it's like super super challenging. Um, but it's a it's a fun game, and you can play it for anywhere from one to five players. Okay. So and yeah, there is a Cthulhu expansion. So. There is a Cthulhu expansion. We I have it, but we did not play with the Cthulhu expansion when we played because it was the first time any of us right. played, so we didn't figure we should play with an expansion the first time through. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Well, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. Um, I know we've talked about this next game a lot because we really believe in it, and you know what? One day. I think that we should do a bingo-style playthrough of this game. Oh, we totally should. This game is called Welcome To. Um, theoretically, it has no maximum player count. Yes. It uh, On the box, like it says 1 to 99 plus or something like that for the number of players. 1 to 100, I think. is it. Technically, there's 100 sheets in the box. Right. But th- there's no theoretical player limit. Well, so they run events where they just put the... Th- the yeah, stuff up you can just a, do it up on a projector. On a projector Absolutely. Screen. Absolutely. So I would love to to do one of those one time. Yeah. Not necessarily us run it. So basically, it falls in the genre of what they call roll and writes. Yeah. Although instead of it's rolling, flipping cards. you are flipping mm-hmm. cards over. Um, you are uh, creating neighborhoods. Yeah, you're a city planner. And so you are. There are different goals that you're also trying to achieve for extra points. Like you're trying to get certain, um, like numbers of of houses into a gated area. Yeah, for bonus points. For and like stuff. bonus mm-hmm. points or a certain number of parks in one area or you know, just there's like different types of things in every and that and that changes each game based on what cards you turn over um, for that particular game. But it's all about it's it's just a roll and write and um it's it's a really the game kind of came out of nowhere from uh, Deepwater Games. And it's a lot of fun. And I don't like numbers, and I even enjoy the game. So um, if you are a person that does not enjoy numbers, don't let that scare you away from this game. Yeah, Chandi played real bad her first time playing. I did, and the and I played 
two games of it when I was at Grand Con, and I won both of those games. So, yeah. I mean, seriously, even if you don't like numbers, don't let that scare you away from the game because it's a lot of fun. Um, there is a thing. Well, okay. Let me let me just. There's a welcome to mini. That is just a box that has um, six laminated sheets and dry erase markers and 55 cards that is only available as like an add-on purchase. So maybe um, maybe if you're going to Essen and you buy Welcome To, you can, you can pick up this little mini expansion. Um, if you're not going to Essen, I'm not sure how you get it. Like, I want this, but I can laminate my own. I would say it might be something they make available later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a laminator, so I do. When I get the game, I think I probably will laminate some sheets. Oh, you don't don't have Welcome To yet? I do not. Every time I have been somewhere they're selling it, it sells out. Well, here's the deal, Johnny. Who are you going to play that game with? You can play with just... Well, it's not... I probably wouldn't be fun with just two people. Well, right. If you're going to play... <laughs> oh, so... I mean, we have Here's a the thing. They are getting ready to come out with a playmat for it because oh. I got to play with a prototype of the playmat. Okay. So the playmat just makes it easier for laying out the cards as when you're you playing. you flip them? Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. And the yeah, playmat's otherwise... actually... And it also has, like, the, a cheat for, like, um, the way that some of the scoring works. Oh, for, like, the pools? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, I had some problems with that. Um, yeah. So the playmat is actually the the playmat I found immensely helpful when we were playing. Okay. So um, there were a few problems. There were a few mistakes on the playmat because it was just a prototype. Yeah. Um, But the playmat is really, really cool. So and I wasn't I hope I didn't just spoil anything, but I wasn't told that I couldn't say anything. If you didn't sign an NDA. (laughs) um, But the playmat was super awesome. So I look forward to when they do come out with that. Okay. Well. Um, you know what we could do? It would be really weird, but we could do a live, like, Twitch plays. Welcome to. I don't know how well it would work. But yeah, we just need to get the studio that you're built that you're yeah. putting together where we can actually do some uh-huh. uh, video. We'll look forward to that soon. Okay, let's move on to Johnny. Read the thing. Oh. Uh, My Little Scythe. Yeah. We won't talk about it super a no, lot because we, we have mentioned it before. It. But I did finally get to play it. In the past, we had talked about it, and I said that I had just watched um, Jared play through it. You see this? Look, this just came out, and I bought this. He's holding up Scythe, The Rise of Fenris. I'm ready to throw this in the trash. Why? Because nobody will play it with no, you? No, because why would I play this garbage game because when I could play My Little, My Little Scythe? Scythe. <laughs> yeah, so. I made a joke about that, that like I'm never going to play regular Scythe ever again. Yeah, so I have now played My Little Scythe. Um, the friends that I played it with actually had started painting their figures for My Little Scythe. Oh, that's cute. And um, they're super, they were super cute. So this is no, like I'll, the... I'll play Rise with Fenris. Rise I'm with? Sure you will. Rise with? I'm sure you will. Um, so My Little Scythe is like the quote-unquote kids version of it's Scythe. It's so much better than regular but Scythe. But honestly, I think I've seen more grown-ups playing it without kids. It's not that it's better. It's just... <sighs> If someone said, do you want to play Scythe? I would say, yeah, sure. If someone said, do you want to play my little Scythe? I would say, oh, my God, yes. Yes, let's do it. (laughs) Um, Because it'll only take you like an hour to play as opposed to like two, two or three or four. I mean, you know, they streamlined a bunch of the mechanics to like dumb it down. The figures are adorable. Man, it's like (sighs) 
you're instead of like trying to destroy your enemies. Yeah, you have to make them. You ha- you're to trying get to make friendship make, points up. Yeah, you're getting friendship points, and you're having pie fights. Oh god, it's it's what I wanted Scythe to be from the beginning. I mean, that's not true. That's not I, true. But yeah, you're having I like, like regular Scythe. You're having like pie fights, and you're trying to get awards. So I mean, it's just a really cute game. Oh yeah. And and at the same time, at the core of being a cute game, it's still a good game. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, get my little scythe. Don't just and look at it and go, oh, God, it's got like ponies. Gross. It doesn't have ponies. Well, no, but when you hear a game uh, called My Little Scythe and you look at the art, you just say you're walking into a game shop and it's on the shelf. It's called My Little Scythe and it has My Little Pony-esque art. Many yeah. people are going to look at that and immediately dismiss it. And don't. Don't. Yeah, I mean, don't. even if you don't have kids, consider getting it. I um, don't have kids. And yeah. I, it's a great game to play with younger players, but you don't need younger players. I played it with a bunch of like gamer people, yeah. like hardcore gamers. Like some of the people I played it with are war gamers, <laughs> like people that want to sit down and play like Mare Nostrum. Oh, yeah. And they like My Little Scythe. And these are like hardcore gamers. And we played My Little Scythe. So seriously, do not turn your nose up at this game. It's a lot of fun. This was one of the games at this year's Gen Con that I was like, I'm taking a copy of this home. Like I I played. I had played one of the review copies at Geekway. And. um, It's. I mean, okay. if you've played Scythe and Scythe is like your all time favorite game, try it. Try My Little Scythe. If you've never played Scythe because you've been scared of like how complicated do you think it looks? Try it. Try My Little Scythe. If you walk into a game shop and you see this on the shelf and you immediately dismiss it because of the art and the title. Shut up. Try this game. (laughs) (laughs) Just try it. I mean, don't dismiss it just because it's cute. It is a extremely solid game. Yeah. But yes, uh, we we said we weren't going to talk about it for too long. So <laughs> so moving on um, on the theme of cute games. I'm just going to skip forward to another uh-huh. CGE game. Uh-huh. Um, and that's a game called That's a Question. It, it is a question. So because it has there, I fixed it for you. Yes. So <laughs> That's a Question is another game that's really cute. It has adorable little um, squirrel meeples. Squeeples. Squeeples, yes. Um, I'm sorry, actually, I put a question mark there. It should be an exclamation mark. So, um, so that's a question is... Yeah, explain this, because <laughs> I've had this game explained to me before, so I get it, but, like, if you're just walking by and you see someone playing this <laughs> game, it doesn't look like they're doing anything. Yeah, it's, it's, uh... It's kind of... It's, it's a party game. It is. It's a party game, but at the same time, it looks... It, there's slightly more to it than just the party, like, asking questions stuff. So, you know, gamers can enjoy it a little bit more, I would say. I would say, the like, party game is, is the genre, but, like, oh, the mechanic, definitely. I would say, like... Board Game Geek doesn't have a mechanic that fits it, but I would no. say, like, b- betting... Yeah, yeah, I would say, I'd give it betting. Because you can... So, there's like this... It's really hard to explain this game. It is. Okay, so everybody has these hexagonal cards that have um, questions on them. 
And the questions, I would almost say, fit into the whole almost like a would you rather type thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I would straight up say exactly that's what they are, but they don't make sense as a... Because they're not always would... Because they're right. things... <laughs> they're, they're questions that you pose to people, and they fit into like this... This thing where it's like an A or B type type scenario. Yeah. And you will ask somebody at the table the question that you select. The other players will then put down their bet on whether the player will, at, will, will pick A or B. Yeah, you secretly vote on what you think everyone else will answer? No, what they'll think that player would answer. So because you're going to ask one player the question that you pick. Right. And so yes, everybody yes, else yes, is yes. going to bet if that player will pick answer A or answer B. So like it would be something like, like honeymoon game or whatever that's called. Yeah. Newlywed so game? yeah. So <laughs> like what you would, so the question could be like, would you rather just let's just go off the one that's that is the example one here. Would um, what would you miss more if it ceases to exist? Facebook or doors? Yeah. Um. Like, or, well, no, that's this not one, a question. No, this one is, what would you miss more if it ceased to exist? The entire fantasy genre or deodorant? Uh-huh. Now, so my problem with this game is I need to know more specifically. Is this question saying, what if it stopped existing as of today? Or what if it never existed? No, because see, if this it is, never this existed. This says if it ceased to exist. Right, but do all of my memories of, like, okay, no, no. does deodorant just retroactively disappear from the time stream? No, it just ceased to exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. So they just stopped making deodorant. Yes. Am or I going to miss that more? Than the fantasy than genre. fantasy genre. The fantasy book genre? Does that include science fiction? Is this hard fantasy? Is this... I'd say hard fantasy. Okay. Um, then Books, deodorant probably okay, yeah, would yeah, be yeah. the answer. So and let's so, yeah. But everybody else would have their A or B cards, and we would all play some face down, and we would guess whether or not Jared would say A or B. Now, based on whether or not we're right, we would get to move our meeples up on the board. Right, and there's a three times vote marker. I there remember is. that. There are there are things where we can be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wager more on this because I'm sure Jared's gonna answer this. So, and basically, whoever gets to the end of the board first wins the game. So it's definitely a party game, and you probably don't want to play this game with people you've never met <laughs> because you're probably not gonna do very well. I'm just um, not a fan of this kind of game in general. Right. You know, but sometimes it's fun to play something different. Um, yeah. I, we, sometimes. We enjoyed playing this because it's something where you can just kind of laugh about what you think your friends are going to answer or um, when your husband gets things wrong every time about you, even though he should know your answers. Um, I mean, it's just funny. Uh, we enjoyed the game. And I liked it because the art was really cute and it has squirrel meeples. So... It was a cute game, and we played our friend Larry's copy, and then I got I picked up a copy in a trade at um, the Alliance Open House. Cool. So yeah, it's a cute game. Um, Tower of Madness, Johnny. Okay. The Tower. game I keep selling to people, and I know this is wrong, but let me let me get through this. I keep throwing it to be throwing it. I keep pitching oh. it to people oh as Kerplunk with Cthulhu, and I know that's wrong. I know that's not what it is. But how are you going if if, if you bring this game, you drop it on the table. What are people immediately going to think? They're going to think that it's Kerplunk. But with it's Cthulhu. not. I know that. But this is the elevator pitch. That's how you get people like Kerplunk, but with Cthulhu. OK, I'm interested. Tell me more. Then you bring the other stuff into it. I realize that the Kerplunk aspect of the game is a very small part of the game. 
Well, not very small. It is a very small part of the game. It's a 40% of the game. No, it's not, actually. <laughs> it actually really isn't. It's more like, I would say it's more like 30 in reality. Have you played it yet? Uh-huh. Okay. But I would say it's, it, it, it is a smaller part of the game. It is It's still a, a significant part of, part of the game. I mean. You couldn't take that part out and still have a game. No, you couldn't, because it's definitely a part of the game. Because those marbles, what, are you going to put them in a, bu- a bucket and Well, no, pull I mean, it's definitely a part of the game. Um, and the game wouldn't be as cool if you didn't have that tower with the, with the, We should um, explain what this game is. Okay. Instead of just. So, <laughs> Tower of Madness has a tower. It's Kerplunk. It is not Kerplunk. The tower is. The tower is, the okay. tower is Kerplunk. So the tower, it has this really cool tower with all these tentacles sticking out of it. And the tower is full of marbles. Right. And then what do you do with the, with the marbles? Throughout the game, you at times, and not always, but there are <laughs> things that cause you to have to pull the tentacles out and marbles will eventually start falling down. Yeah, like in Kerplunk. There are some marbles that don't do anything. There are some marbles that are good. And there are three marbles that are called Doom Marbles. Uh-huh. They're real bad. They're real bad. And once those three marbles come out, the game is over. Because you've summoned Haster. Because you've... <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't say that. Don't say Haster. <laughs> yeah. Don't say Haster throw. Oh, crap. <laughs> so anyway, um, the game at its very core, though, is a dice game. So you are rolling dice to investigate the the various things that are going on. In, um, in it's it's a it's it's Cthulhu. The, it's so Cthulhu you gotta, lore. Yeah. So you're investigating the things that are going things on are in crazy. various locations. There's weird monsters. Yeah. So you're going to all these different locations and investigating. Right. It's and a press you, your luck. It's a press your luck. Yeah. You have to roll dice. You have to get certain things in order to be successful at the different locations. So if you aren't successful at different things, that's when you end up having to pull the uh, tentacles out. Yeah. So at its core, it is a dice game. But then it's got that really cool um, additional Kerplunk type Right, and you just, mechanic. as long as you don't pull a Doom Marble, then you don't summon Cthulhu. Right. But then there are other marbles that are bad as well, so... Yeah, there's ones that get you knowledge so you can have spells. Like, yes. if you get a little bit of Cthulhu knowledge... Then, then you're like, oh, there's weird stuff out here. I've learned about this weird stuff. Now I can cast spells. But then there's also marbles that cause you to go insane. Oh, I saw a dude getting eaten by a fish monster. Well, that that scarred me for life. <laughs> yeah, and then if somebody in the game goes insane, then it's when it's their turn, they just start pulling out tentacles. So they're trying to cause the end of the game. They're trying to cause doom marbles to fall. So, and if... Like, they can actually win the game by, um, I can't remember their win condition. Um, they actually have a special win condition if they're insane. So, um, it's actually a really cool game, and I like the fact that when that insane players haven't just lost the game. When you go insane, there's, they, they're, they're not eliminated, so. Yeah, there's a few other games that Smirk and Dagger has released that technically have player elimination, but don't. Yeah. Like, nevermore. Yeah. Like, when you've lost... You still get to do stuff. You can still force other people to lose. Yeah. And that's basically what's going on is the insane player is trying to force everybody else to lose the game. So they still at least get to participate. And I thought that was really we actually had a player that that um, that went insane and was just forcing us to lose the game. So, um, yeah, Tower of Madness is really a cool game. And I really, really like it. So. That's that's what I, all I have to say about that. They had a um, 
I, I don't know if it's a, like a, not a pre-orders pre pre bonus or whatever. Um, there were promo marbles at oh, Gen yeah. Con. Um, I have a promo card. Yeah, I've got a promo card. There was one in GTM. Um, yeah, that's where I, I got the promo yeah. card. In GTM. And I think that was also being given away at their booth, but it might have been a different card. I haven't I haven't looked at I I, I have that copy of GTM, but I haven't looked at the card yet that's okay. in there. I haven't opened it. Um, but yeah, they also had promo marbles, which is a silly thing for a board game to have as promos. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean that's it's a game that exists uh, and has Cthulhu in it, so it's you know it's cool. going to be popular. Get it. It's got kind of a higher price tag, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's like sixty, I think. So it's um, yeah, it's a little bit up there, but that's it's got a three D tower with marbles. Yep. What's well, Kerplunk cost? Like what? Like forty bucks? I have, <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea how much Kerplunk costs. I haven't do bought they still Kerplunk make yet. That game? I think they do. Seriously? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, yeah. Anyway. Um, you know what? We've we've done videos about Smirk and Dagger games before. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do one we about Tower of Madness. We definitely should do one about Tower of Madness. Yeah. All right. What's next? You pick. Me pick. Uh, Hanabi. Hanabi. Somehow this is a recent play for Jondi. I had never Somehow. played Hanabi, so um, I got to play it recently while I was on a trip for work. And I was really quite lucky that I got to play it with um, Dan DeLorenzo, who actually owns R&R yeah, Games. Yeah, R&R, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got to play it with the guy who, you know, makes the game. Um, he was actually surprised to hear that I had never played Hanabi. I think a lot of people would be surprised. Because, like, how have you not played Hanabi? But I say that, but I have to remember, like, we're in the... Like we're in the board game hobby, in, we're in the industry a little bit. So, for us to say, "How have you not played whatever game?" Right, is a little bit different than like n- normal people. <laughs> well, and that's you know they kept talking about Hanabi, and I was like, "Yeah, I keep meaning to play that game, and I still have." Because they kept comparing other yeah. games to Hanabi. It's like if someone in the board game industry had not played Catan. Like how how have you how are you not playing Catan? How right, are you right. in this hobby? Well, and throughout the weekend, they just, the game kept coming up. They'd be like, "Oh, this other game that I was looking at to publish or whatever was kind of like Hanabi." Mm-hmm. And finally, I was like, "I st- I've never played Hanabi. I need to." And Dan was like, "How have you not played yeah. Hanabi?" So I think that's a pretty fair question. So he sat down and taught me Hanabi. And uh, do you remember what your score was your first game? It was not good. Yeah, well, um, I've, I've already revealed what mine was. And somehow. Yeah. Um, So we I think in past episodes, we've already established that my memory isn't always great anyway. Yeah. yeah. So a game like that is really rough for me. Like he was teaching me good systems on how to remember what cards are. Like you got to like rotate them weird, rotate them weird and stick them down, like facing down and stuff. And take an ink pen and write on the back of the card (laughs) what it is. So, you know, Dan would be like, "Okay, Johnny, what do you know about the cards that's facing down? Johnny, 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 we're alienating. We're alienating people. Okay, let's assume that some people in our audience have not played Hanabi. Let's explain. Hanabi, you have cards in your hand, but it they means firework in Japanese. Yes, you cannot see the cards in your hand; they are facing the other players. Yes, so you see the back of your card and the fronts Front of everyone, of everyone else's. else's cards, 
And you are, as a group... You have to give cryptic, but yet extremely specific hints. Yes. You are trying to get piles of cards, kind of... Um, it's one to five. It's kind of There's solitaire four. style. Yeah. You're trying to get... You There's know, four suits, five if you're playing with the, the wild... Yeah, so solitaire expansion. style, you're trying to get the piles in order. Yeah. So you... Um, are trying to give very specific information to the other players of what color each of their card is and what the number is, but you can't flat out tell right. them what they are. You can say you have three cards that are green and at the same time, you know, point to the three cards that are green, which is not helpful because, okay, you told me these three cards are green. Or you can be like this, this, and this card are fours. What, what am I supposed to do with that information? You put those what cards to together <laughs> and then later on you might be able to say, okay, this, this, and this card are green. And, but then they have to remember that earlier you told them that they were fours. Right. So you have to be able to remember things that, that people are telling you throughout the game so that eventually on your turn you can either tell somebody, you can either play a card, you can get rid of a card, or you can, what are the three things you, you can, can do? You can discard a card, and if you discard it, you, you have to be able to say, I'm discarding a four. Yeah. Or a green card or a green four. If you just put it down, and you, you've exploded one of the explosions. You have three misses. So if you're playing a card and it's wrong, it's a miss. So if you put a card down and it's not a card that you need, you've lost one of your lives. But if you specifically say, I'm putting down a green three, then it's not bad. And then there are ways, like, and then there are rounds end. And that's how you get the hints back, is by either successfully playing, like, a five on a stack, or successfully calling out what you are discarding. Because you only have a limited number of hints. I think it's yeah. eight of them? Seven? Seven or eight? So you can't just keep going, this card's green, this card's a four. Yeah, because, like, you can only do it, and then before things kind of reset. And yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's a really cool game, but I was... I had a lot of trouble because I don't have good memory skills. So, but yeah, I enjoyed it. It's a pretty good game. Um, there's a version of it that uh, it's, it's more a little bit more premium. It uses Mahjong tiles. I have that one. Um, um, and the game, you can't currently get it, but oh. I, it's completely out of print right now. Okay. Um, they had I, a small stack of them at their booth at Gen Con. Um, that may have been, that may have been it. Basically. But oh, no, no, they weren't at Gen Con. It was at Origins. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's been completely out of print for a while, he said. Um, but he said people keep asking and asking mm -hmm. and asking about getting it. And the reason he hadn't been reprinting it, I was told, is because he doesn't like to charge a lot of money for, for stuff. Um, he, a big, a big thing about R&R games is being able to, to sell Accessibility. games. Accessibility. Yes. Yeah. It's a big thing about him. Well, yeah, because I bought that, that, um, pyramid poker game. Mm -hmm. It's solid wood. Mm -hmm. It's heavy, heavy wood, and it's a twenty dollar game. Right. I think other companies would charge for that for a solid wood game like that, f double that cost. It, right. That's a forty dollar game. And it's really important to him to keep games accessible like that. So the reason he hadn't reprinted um, the tile Hanabi is because he hasn't been able to get a good price from factories. Um, and he's had people saying, oh, I'll pay $100 for yeah. it, I'll pay $100 for it, and he's not willing to charge No, that. I think it was $50. Um, he cannot, that's, he that's cannot reprint it for that. 
Um, he is going to be reprinting it, but I believe the price tag is going to have to be in the ballpark of somewhere around 70 or 80. I don't know for sure because it's not, you right, know. Right, right. You know, I'm, I'm not R&R Games, right. but I think that's going to be the ballpark of it. Well, Hanabi is a great game. Um, you may not be able to get the fancy version, but. Yep, not know, right now. But get it I, any way you can. I think that they're trying. You know, I, I don't know for sure. So that's pretty cool. It's a pretty fun game. Um, I believe, yes, yes, my copy is in my, like, bag with games that you can take with you anywhere. Games. Because, it, I mean, you need a surface to play it, but it's not like you need a bunch of table space. You just need to be able to put down five stacks of cards and a draw pile, basically. Right, right. So, I mean, it's, um, I think the card version is, like, ten dollars. Yeah, it's not really expensive because, again, I, I mean, I love their model. I love the fact that R&R games, games are accessible and yeah. you don't have to have a lot of money to be able to play their games. They have great games and they're affordable. Not to sound like a commercial right. for R&R games. Because they're not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, I guess... You know what? I teased this Bob Ross game yeah, we earlier, so I guess it. we should talk about it. Yeah, so it's it's just this little doodling party game. And so, I, have not, I have not played this one. I don't know anything about this one. No, it's... I, I think uh, our friend John picked it up at Gen Con. So it's just this little doodling game. Like, everybody gets three pieces of paper, and you just have to draw little doodles on it. And then the three pieces of paper kind of get shuffled up, and everybody um, gets various papers from everybody or from from the shuffled up papers and then uh cards come out and you're told you have to turn the doodles into specific things oh okay and you have this time limit on how quickly you can do it so you might have this silly this ridiculous doodle and you have to turn it into a pig do i get everybody's yeah yeah you don't get your own scribbles i mean you might but okay you don't know whose scribbles you're going to get. They get shuffled up. Okay. So you just have this scribble, and you might have to turn it into a cat or a, a bowl of soup or, a, you know, a toaster. And you have, like, 30 seconds or something to do it. So after oh. you've done that, um, then they all go out, and um, basically every, nobody knowing whose is whose, everybody votes for their favorites or whatever. So it's real quick, and it's cute. Um, nobody's drawings are going to be very good because they come from stupid doodles. But, yeah, it's just, it's just real cute. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, I played the other Bob Ross game, and I enjoyed that quite a bit. But Yeah, I did not think that I would like this, but um, we played it, like, t- twice through, and we actually enjoyed it a lot. It was real dumb, and it was dumb in, like, a fun way. <laughs> Like, not the dumb, like, we hated it kind of dumb. It was, like, right. real dumb fun. Okay. Well, cool. Um, I guess that's that's it then, huh? That's it. I mean, we can always talk about this more. Um, if you want to hear... Uh, actually, you know what? I, I don't even care what your feedback is. We're going to do this again. We are. Yeah. We are. I'm going to sneeze. Oh, gosh. I'll try to hold it in. Um all right, well, let's talk about food. We actually have something this time. I do. So I play games. I've been playing games a lot with our friends Larry and Megan. 
And every time we play games with Larry and Megan, Megan makes this really good cheese ball. And it's really easy to make. So it's just got um, a package of cream cheese, some Worcestershire sauce, some sliced corned beef, and green onions. And you just mix it all together and... Um, you know, you don't have to shape it into a ball right. and just stick yeah, it I was into gonna, a... I was going to ask that. I mean, some people will shape it into a ball and make it really pretty, but you can also just stick it in a bowl and let everybody, like, put it on crackers. And okay. It's really, really good, and she always makes it so that we can all just kind of snack on it with crackers and stuff while we're playing games, and everybody loves it. Okay. Well, I'm surprised that you can eat that because the cheese. I don't have problems with cheese. Mm. You've got some dairy... I love that you think you <laughs> Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's. We're not going to talk about uh, John D's <clears throat> digestive. Um. Okay. So, are, are are we posting that recipe on our website, or was that was that the recipe right there? That was that was a recipe right there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you really don't need the recipe. That's it. Okay. Some cream, you know, cream cheese. You can use as much or as little Worcestershire sauce as you want. It's uh, to bottle. taste. Um, it's to taste. Um, you just thinly sliced corned beef and some finely chopped on- green onions. Okay. Well, then, in that case, let's talk about Kickstarter. Kickstarter! Yay! Kickstarter. So, um, the first Kickstarter is one that I've been really excited about for a while. And it's a game called Dragon Boats of the Four Seas. Um, I am a backer. I backed it on the first day. I have been watching for this one. Um, it is the game that is, it's the first game of a new company called Maple Games. Maple Games is... What are they, like, from Canada or something? They are from Canada, <laughs> eh? Um, Maple Games is um, the new company by, uh, that is from Daryl Andrews, mm-hmm. who is a friend of mine. Um, Daryl Andrews was the designer of Sagrada, who, that we talked about earlier yeah. in this episode. Well, and other games too, but we'll uh, <coughs> um, so Daryl we'll get is, to those. Daryl is a really great guy, um, and he is a fantastic designer. So he's also up for an award right now called a Taggy. So um, you should go vote for him, and we can put a link to that. Okay. So you should go vote for his his Taggy award. What is that? Um. Hello, Tabitha. See, this is the reason that we shouldn't live stream our recording. Because, <laughs> because we have stuff it's like this. It's the Toy and Game Innovation Award. Okay. And he is up for the Toy and Game Innovation Award for his um, uh, uh, the Pioneer game. Um, mm-hmm. What is that game called? Uh-huh. Help me, please. Bad Maps? No. <laughs> Would you please help me out? It's ba- the video game. Uh-huh. Would you please help me? Oregon Trail. Yes, Oregon Trail. Thank you. <laughs> the Oregon Trail by Pressman Games. My, I just had why, this complete, why is that information not in your head? Because I had a complete brain fart. You know, okay. <laughs> just this complete brain and, fart. And anyway, he what? is up for um, uh, the Rising Star Innovator of the Year for the Oregon Trail. Okay. So... We can put a link for that. If you say so. So anyway, um, Dragon Boats of the Four Seas is a really, really cool kind of 
resource management uh -huh. game. The components are super cool. It is Euro set collection with area control. Yes. Did I say resource management? Um, I don't remember what you said. Uh, <laughs> I think I said resource management. It was something weird. Not weird, but it was... It was wrong. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah, it's a, it's got a really fantastic components. Um, it's got like these 3D um, punch board dragon boats. It's got... So um, you can relive all of your favorite moments from Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Yeah, okay. Um, it's, it comes with cloth bags. Um, it's got... Uh, wooden meeples for the house members. It's got, um, I mean, you can look at the Kickstarter. It's got really, really great components. It's got, for people that are, you know, it's got French and English um, rules. Right, because Canada. Because Canada. Yeah, because they have to. Um, the art is just fantastic. So, I, you know, I just, I've been watching for this game for a while. And of course, I'm you know I'm really really supportive of Daryl, so. Yeah, and and um, I, I guess this is this is a thing that probably I should have assumed was going to happen. One of the add-ons you can get is a hat. If you've ever interacted with Daryl Andrews at all, he's always wearing a hat. He has a lot of hats. He also does this hat exchange. Um, I can't remember who it's with, but he does this hat exchange at Gen Con. So yeah, he's he's a hat guy. Yeah. So of course an add-on is a hat. Yeah. So makes I, sense. I thought that was hilarious that he was doing a hat add-on because um, that's just a Daryl thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll have a link to that in the on our website in the episode notes as as is customary for us. Yeah, bidding set collection and aerial control. We said that right. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's a beautiful game, and I highly encourage you to back it and um i can't remember how much it is in american dollars it's the deluxe oh, do you want me to look at that in canadians um if you get the deluxe version it is 69 us dollars okay yeah i just 89 canadian dollars yeah. so i didn't think it was that much i mean for a deluxe edition um totally worth it the regular edition is 53 dollars in America. Oh, yeah. So if you're going to get it, pay the extra dollars and get the deluxe edition. Well, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> well, I know you'll pay uh, the extra. Come on. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> um, I don't disagree with you about that Kickstarter, but how about a different thing? Uh, and this is a fantasy world. Um, so, you know, these words are, who cares how they're pronounced? The Towers of Art Ar Arcanos is a dice drafting tower building game for two to four players. Uh, if you've ever played Pagoda from AEG, it reminds me a lot of that. Um, there's, there's some dice rolling and you place it on a thingy oh, and then you build like it up. That. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So depending on what um, where you place, different things can happen. Uh I don't understand what's happening here. This seems like they're not charging anywhere near enough dollars because the $59 deluxe edition comes with like a bazillion things. Like it comes with a rubber play mat. It comes with 
um, some table scatter. It comes with a bunch. I don't understand how how this is a fifty nine dollar game. The shipping's got to be fifty dollars more. It's like the old eBay tactic. Um, but yeah, you you just take dice out of this bag. You roll them. You place it on one of the towers with one of your dudes. Um, depending on the pips and the color various things will happen. Um, and it's sort of like a worker placement game. So, you know, I'm not going to try to explain everything that happens. There's a bazillion different icons that do different things like gain points, get a new worker, etc., etc. But the theme here, the theme here is that you are a wizard casting wizard spells. Um, so as is any good wizard, you've got, some cool spells. Johnny's making a face like she's seen something she doesn't quite well, understand. Well, no, I just agree about that deluxe edition because the yeah. playmat's play a $20 add-on. Right. So, mm, get the wizard edition. Well, it's $35 for the base game. Okay. $50 for the sorcerer edition that comes with the um, fifth player expansion. But then for $59, you get a deluxe box with like a slip cover. And a playmat, so and then a bunch of other stuff. So like, what the heck? Why would why, why would you not just get the deluxe edition with the playmat? Shipping is twenty eight dollars. Yeah, well, there you go. That's why not. Well, like I said, shipping's got to be another fifty dollars. <laughs> it's um, another thirty bucks, man. But uh, you know, this game, it seems like it's gonna be one of those games where it's either really good and nobody buys it and has a huge aftermarket cost for the Kickstarter version or it just flops real bad because there's not a lot of backers on this yeah I mean okay there's about 500 currently Um, they've met their goal just barely but like that's if you're doing a board game I mean you know what print runs look like for board games yeah they're not going to print 500 copies of this game um, they'll probably print at least a thousand. Right, which is not a lot of copies for a board game. I mean, they're a small company. I'd say they'll print anywhere from a thousand to two thousand, no more than that. So, w- what I'm seeing here, this is their first Kickstarter. So maybe they r- really have no idea how to price things, and that's why the fifty-nine dollar pledge seems like a, a ridiculously too good deal. I don't know. If that's the case, I feel really bad for them. Well. We'll find out what happens uh, in May of 2019, which is their estimated delivery date, which seems like just talking about something coming out in 2019 seems ridiculous. Honestly, I think they were smart there because I think they're giving themselves plenty of time. Oh, yeah. But it's just weird to think about, like, internally in my brain, it's still like 2007. Oh, okay. No, I mean, like, think 2007 doesn't seem like it was that long ago yes it does it was 11 years ago right but like if you're like oh yeah i remember going to whatever in 2007 and then you go oh my god (laughs) that was over 10 years ago it's just weird to see that something is coming out in 2019 that just seems so far in the future yep well anyway shut up yep shut up and jared (laughs) until next time uh, both of those Kickstarters will be uh, in the episode notes on our website. Uh, and so until next time, you can eat, eat chit and dice.
Eight Chit and Dice is an independent production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0, international. Really, just you just dump as much Worcestershire sauce in there as you want? There's not like a recommended amount to taste. What does that mean? Like, I know what it means. It means to however much you think doesn't taste bad. it's probably, like... What, what's a recommended amount that people should start with? A couple teaspoons. A couple teaspoons. Yeah. And how much corned beef? Just like a pound? <laughs> <laughs> um, is that also to taste? I don't know. Like a package of thinly sliced corned beef. Like the um, I don't remember the brand, but like the probably like a Hormel. Is that what it is? Probably like a small like sandwich bag package. Okay. Right. I don't eat. I don't eat that much. Uh, Are you putting it into the recipe? No, I'm just looking up uh, Hormel meat. Package. And I would say this is like with maybe two packages of the cream cheese. I just don't eat a lot of deli meat, so. Oh, yeah, Hormel. Yeah, okay. Okay. That is, in fact, a real a real brand of meat packages. So, yeah, like two packages of cream cheese, okay. a package of meat, uh, a couple teaspoons or whatever of Worcestershire sauce. Okay. And some finely chopped green onions. Okay, cool. <laughs>